Welcome to Men in Confidence Sharing, where we, the men of a certain age, share our thoughts, ideas, and opinions in confidence. We are joined today by the whole crew. We have Sean, we have Terrence, we have Rhino. So we're going to go by one by one, and we're going to say hello to everyone. So hello, Sean. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Hello, Terrence. Hey, what's up, peoples? And hello, Rhino. What's cracking? All right, what's cracking? Okay, so we're going to continue our discussion on... We started off a few weeks ago or a while ago, undisclosed amount of time, about the Matrix, red pill versus blue pill. Which choice do you make? Which choice do you take? Which road do you go down? Today, we're going to bring it a little bit more into 2021 standards on what the definition of red pill is versus blue pill. And we're just going to have an open discussion on red pill, blue pill, what it means, how you feel about it, what are your thoughts about it. So, fellas, I know that we have each, we've each watched the documentary, The Red Pill, and we've seen some red pill content, whether it being from, I think we've seen like a couple of Kevin Samuels videos, and we've seen a little of this, a little of that. Right. And I'm just curious as to everyone's thoughts in the whole red pill mindset like do you believe in it do you think it's real how real is it you know just spitballing whatever you want to think whatever you want to say whatever you want to come out with so the red pill how real is it it's it's real and it's real unfortunate in my mind at the same time. I, I feel like it's unfortunate because there's a segment of men who feel the way that they do as if they're, for lack of a better way of putting it, disposable. You know, they're not important enough to be valued or, you know, cared for or considered to be even an equal, which it's unfortunate, but at the same time, I think, and this is just my adult brain thinking from my perspective, it's a little limited in their perspective. You know, if you're looking at things through one lens only and you're inundated with more things to kind of support that lens, Yeah, your opinion may be a little skewed. You know, that that's, we mentioned the uh, documentary, and I thought the br brilliance of the documentary was just how eye-opening it was for the filmmaker as well as the people involved. So I'm going to just kind of start the conversation there. Well, the, the red pill, <clears throat> it definitely exists. It is definitely real. And unfortunately, to mirror what Terrence says, it's a little too real in a sad sort of way. I know for myself, I was born into this world and I began to live my life as people who were born tend to do. And as I made my way through life, I began to learn a few things. I didn't know what it meant to be black. 
until I began to see that I was being treated differently than people who were not black or for that matter, people who were lighter skinned being on the darker shade of the spectrum. Um, I was taught to respect women. I was raised by my mother. Um, and so I respected women. And then I had some experiences that opened my eyes to the reality of women. And particularly one particular situation where I was accused of doing something that I definitely did not do inappropriately touching a female on her breasts. We were in the fourth grade. You, you ain't got no breath, Londa. And I said, I, I said Londa because if I said her real name, <laughs> I don't want to catch no flag. But you know, Respect. thank you. Thank you. It just, yeah, it just yeah. it's what it is. <laughs> we're in the fourth grade. You don't have any breasts. That's number one. Number two, I didn't touch you in the way that you you said. But that didn't stop her from telling the bus driver, who was a female, who stopped the bus and refused to stop, refused to move on until I apologize. No gathering both sides of the story and, and figuring out what actually happened and making an informed decision. No asking the people around what happened. No trying to figure out whether or not I was actually guilty or innocent. Oh, you're a boy. You're guilty. Apologize. And what I feel bad about today is the fact that I apologized. I feel bad for apologizing because that admitted guilt and it made everybody look at me differently. And I'm sitting here innocent. <laughs> and years later, I would see this bus driver. As an as a older teen, I would see this bus driver and she would see me and she would give me this utter look of disgust. And I just wanted to punch her in the face and say, I didn't do that. <laughs> but I respect women. I don't, I, don't, I don't hit women. I don't believe in hitting women. But um, for me, um, being red-pilled, really, it really was an eye-opener. I don't want to be blue-pilled. I don't want to go back into the proverbial matrix to when um, I was blissfully ignorant to things. I want to be aware because I want to know what I'm dealing with. I don't like being the only guy in the room that doesn't know the secret. That's what I, you like. uh, I feel that it's real. Like it's definitely real. And I will agree with Terrence has become a little too real. And I have mixed feelings because I, I really feel that it's necessary, right? I feel like that there's a lot of things that men grow up with that they are not taught. Like even if you have, you know, the father and mother in the home and even if you have male influence and even if you have masculinity around you I feel like there's a lot of things that as a guy as a boy as a young man about the way the world works I feel like there's a lot of things that you're not taught you're just left to experience right like they let you go out with a bicycle and bust your behind to learn that it hurts to fall 
right? Uh-huh. <laughs> like, you could have told yeah. me that yeah, it hurts to fall before I rode the bike. <laughs> I would have been, you know? more, I would have been yeah. more careful riding yeah. the bike if you told yeah. me that it hurts to fall. You know, <laughs> not not to say that it would have prevented the fall, but I would have been a little bit more prepared for it. And I feel like that's what happens a lot with with young men in particular. Not to say that it doesn't happen to women, but I think young men in particular go through that. My issue, though, is I feel like everything that's good or everything that's positive about the red pill concept is becoming like what feminism became or is becoming today. Like feminism started with the idea of equality. Like we get equal opportunity. Now it's become to more of we want to win. And I feel like that's I feel like that's what's happening on both sides right now. I feel like women want to win against men and men want to win against women. Like everyone wants to be everybody wants to hold their flag on top of the hill and say hey we won we beat you ha 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 and I feel like we get nowhere doing that I feel like there are advantages to being a woman I feel like there are advantages to be a man I feel like there are disadvantages to be a woman there are disadvantages to be a man there are pluses and minuses on both sides and they are not equal they are not the same and is it fair no life ain't fair hey what it is you get you, you get dealt the cards you get and you have to play them you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it is what it is you're right you're right like you you might get dealt the card of a six foot five you know <laughs> you know caucasian male shaped of the gods with you know six figures in your bank account because your daddy was rich or you might get dealt the, the cards of a five foot two black male you know, <laughs> with sickle cell and you know high blood oh pressure. gosh oh man wow <laughs> and flat it feet. is it, it <laughs> you is can't it. go in the military so <sighs> you know <laughs> so these are things that happen <laughs> you know I, I listened to what you just said blunt and uh i had to really process that analogy of men being sent out or boys being sent out with the bike and not told that falling off the bike is going to hurt. You just got to experience it. And I'm thinking about my son. I know that rascal. And, And just to be completely upfront about it, if I told him up front, now you're going to fall and it's going to hurt. He'd never get on the bike. And that's one in particular example. You know, not everybody is him and not everybody's going to be like, well, I'm not doing that. Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. some people are just adventurous and are going to go for it. Some are not. And I think where this bread pill ideology really comes into play is that, you know, for those who are not as adventurous and you tell that this is going to happen, they choose to not do something and then begrudgingly start 
pointing the finger at everyone else because of a choice that they chose because of an action they chose not to take. So yeah, you're aware, but how are you utilizing your awareness? Are you letting that uh, idea of being aware limit you from doing something or are you aware and taking precautions based on your level of awareness? Makes sense. Okay. So I don't know if you were, were you finished? Yeah, I'm good. I didn't want to, I didn't want to interrupt you. No, I'm good. Okay. So a couple of things from that. Okay. Number one, one of the things I feel like is important to, to, if we're talking about like telling to young men or, or telling to uh, younger generations, one of the important things that to teach along with, hey, this might hurt. One important thing that 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 has to be taught is you have to take chances. Right? You have to sometimes. You gotta know when to hold. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can't you shout, shout to, to Kenny Rogers and no. Yeah. We appreciate that song, sir. Right. Thank you. Well, you you have to be able to take risks because there is no reward without risk. You don't get anywhere without something being on the table to lose. If you never take a risk, you will be in the same spot over and over and over and over again and then okay so let's say you don't take a risk and you are in the same spot okay that brings me to point number two i accept no responsibility for your decisions even it and i hate it i know i'm gonna sound even for my old child i do not i do not accept responsibility for your decisions i will try my best while I am, you know, in influence to try to give you as much knowledge as I can for you to make the right decisions. And I will try to give you good knowledge. If I give you bad knowledge, I apologize. I'm human as possible. But at the same time, your decisions are on you. You got to eat it. You cook it, you got to eat it. It's, and that's one, that's one of the first that goes along with the the risk thing. I feel like that's two things that have to be taught up front. Like you got to take chances and you got to, you got to be responsible for your own decisions and choices and mistakes. It, you you got to eat your wins and your losses. You have to, you, you can't, you, you can't shy away from it. And these are some of the things, right? What, what I just said, like what, what I just said about, you know, taking chances and being responsible and eating your wins and losses. These are some of the things that are not, not communicated right. to little boys or, or to young people growing up. These are some of the things that you don't learn until you take a L and you look for somebody to come and pick you up and no one comes to pick you up. Like That is I, very right. true. That's very true. <laughs> That is so I, we, I, I kind of feel bad for them. We grew up with the era of, of, of hip-hop music that actually taught us good lessons. And the song that was running through my mind as you were singing was, you've got to live and learn. Oh, yeah. You've got to live and yeah, learn. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's it's, it's so for true. You burn. live 
and you learn. You have experiences and you just got to learn from it. Like I had that experience with that girl in the fourth grade. Um, she lied on me. She exaggerated the, the, the truth of what actually happened. And um, I was forced to apologize and admit guilt for something that I was innocent of. But that taught me a lesson. That taught me a lesson. And I just, I just learned from that. I just know, okay, if I do this, she's going to say this. So just go ahead and let me just be careful and not do anything. Let me remove myself from the situation as it were. That right. doesn't mean I don't take chances because some of those girls grew up to be pretty cute and I still wanted to talk to them. <laughs> I just had to be careful with my approach. I had to be careful. I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't just, you can't just roughhouse with, you can't be like in kindergarten for the rest of your life, pulling girls hairs. No, that, that's cute in the kindergarten, but when you're 18, it's, it's, it's assault. <laughs> <laughs> Context is everything. Yes, correct. Yes, correct. Yes, you just gotta, you just gotta live and learn. You gotta learn I'm, how I'm, to. I, I, I hear you. I'm just throwing that out there. Context is everything. It really is. It really is. I mean, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, I'm just not, saying, but I, saying, I, I understand what you mean. I understand what you mean. Yeah, what I'm, what I'm saying is, and, 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 and it's not just with, with um, meeting people. It's, it's really with anything. You just, you just live and learn. Hey, I tried to ride the bike of a military career, but I learned as I was riding that bike that, you know what? This isn't, I feel the pull to go do something else. So I'm going to go ahead and leave this alone and I'm going to go do that something else. So, you know, we're talking about that lesson, uh, live and learn, taking risks. I think we would be doing a disservice to our listeners and to any younger generations or older generation, even because this is still something I'm still piecing together myself at times is not take a risk because I don't want to say that I'm a wrestling fan. So wrestling fans will get this. I'm not encouraging everybody to be Jeff Hardy and jump off the highest thing they can find and fall through a table. (laughs) What I'm saying is (laughs) take calculated risk, calculated risk. Exactly. Weigh your pros and cons kind of assess the situation and then from there, make the best decision possible. And if it means taking a step outside of your comfort zone to do something, go for it. But do not some, do some research. Oh my at, goodness, research! But not at the but don't just blindly go into situations like, hey, they said take a risk, so woohoo! Mm-hmm. Splat. This is true. Right. And you, you know, it's still and it's still it still comes back when you talk about. Um, a, a situation like you know we're we're doing our father thing we're trying to to do the thing with the kids I heard a couple of things you guys were saying I'm thinking you know all of the views are correct I, I love the the conglomerate that we have and the different ways that we have to look at it because you know you do have to I, I completely agree with Tony you know we give guiding advice and then, you know, then the old saying kicks in, the kids are going to do what they want to anyway, right? <laughs> they have to go, they have to make their own mistakes. There's a point in which we have to, and, and our, our job is to, I'm going to give you this, what I think and what I feel about this for you, and then I'm going to let go. And I got to let you do this. That's hard for us as parents, trust me. I know it's hard for me as a parent to 
give you Amen. that advice and then step back and not get it, 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 it you, you know and it's that's difficult to do but at the same time it's not no one particular rule or playbook to it you know there's different ways to do it you know terrence mentioned about his son he knows and and that is possible you're you know you know how they say you know you step back people show you who are well you definitely you raise your kids you know sometimes who they are you know right. if you say hey son make sure you always check for these sharks in this water you know because this could be dangerous out here so you want to make sure you check for them before you go out there and you walk away if you know your you know your son you come back and he's always on the porch like i'm not going out there you said there could be sharks out there dad I'm not even going to take the shot. I'm just going to stay right up here and I'm good. <laughs> like, right. that's not what I meant, son. I, I meant for you to still try to go in, try to get to the other side. There's other ways to do it. You can come back to me and I can try to give you more advice. I didn't right. say stay here, but you know what? I knew better than this because I knew you. I should have told you, quit that boat and go over there because you can't stay here because I'm going to burn this porch down if you try <laughs> to stand on it because I know you. Because you can stay right here. So there's there's different approaches to it. There's different ways to do it. And like I said, I'm listening to everybody. And I'm like, man, you guys, I, I feel like everybody has they, those different great points of view and everything like that. And, you know, but my point of view, as far as I'm definitely on the, on the, the children thing is, you know, we guide them. We give them advice. And we have to let go a bit and then just be prepared because you got to be prepared on the fence. They're coming back. See, they, you just hit the nail on the head right there. They're coming back. <laughs> you just hit the nail on the head right there, Sean. You got to, a parent has to have a modicum of trust. Right. That you, you tell them, you probably tell them a lot of things throughout their lifetime, but a point's going to come where you're going to have to just trust that, well, I told them it's time for them to go out there and fly and they'll learn. I remember my mother gave me some advice. <laughs> I didn't say it out loud, but in my head, I was like, what do you know? <laughs> I found out years later, mom knew exactly what she was talking about. She exactly. knew exactly what she was talking about. And, yes. but I, I, um, I had to go out there and I had to live. I had to get on that bike and ride. I had to skin that knee a couple of times, but I'm not in jail. I'm not dead yet so far. So my mom can trust that at least some of her advice worked. Right. <laughs> okay. So a couple of things I want to jump in. When it comes to like, I feel like you should be kind of like Johnny Appleseed. You you plant the seeds, you try to water them. You might see them grow, you might not, you know. <laughs> like you really don't know what's gonna take hold immediately what may take 30 years to show up like you really don't know or it might not ever grow up uh you you know you do know your kid so you have to curve your plan towards your kid but i i do feel like also like we talk about this being aware like red pill being aware we have to be aware of the situation that the young people are growing up in and I feel like, particularly for young boys, you have to like you have to design a plan for young girls. You have to design a plan for young boys. You have to design a different plan yep. for young black girls. You have to design a different plan for young black boys. You have to have a specific idea for who, you know, who's growing up or who's because they're going to face certain things that other kids might not face. 
a young, dark-skinned black girl is going to face different things that a young, light-skinned black girl won't face. You see what I'm saying? And Very true. A young, you know, pecan-skinned black boy is going to face different things than a young white boy. Right. There's just realities to that. And I feel like we shouldn't ignore that. And I feel like we should try to cater what we teach and what we give accordingly. Like, and not to take specifics into mind, but since we are all men of color, we've all been boys of color. Let's talk about boys of color. I think that we should make them aware of how the world sees us. What does the world see when we're out there? Not what we want them to be, but how we are viewed. L- let it be known up front, hey, people, people are scared of you. People see you as a threat. People see you as dangerous. And it's, it's terrible to think that way. And it's terrible to, to teach young people that. But at the same time, I'd rather you be aware of how the world sees you than to find out at a later point in time. You see what I'm saying? Yes. Like, I don't want you to find out in a, yes. in a police confrontation how the world sees you. Right. As you were talking, man, I, I felt the emotions starting to well up because, you know, I call him my little guy, but he's 13. Mm-hmm. And we are already having those conversations of, dude, we treat you one way at home because you're the baby of the family. Mm-hmm. But outside of these walls of this house, there are people who are going to see you as a threat, as an intimidating, imposing figure at 13. And, you know, for him, it's twofold because he's, like five nine right so he's obviously not obviously but he's a little bit taller than the typical 13 year old Mm. and i mean if you put him around a group of his peers it becomes kind of evident he stands a little bit taller than they do his voice is a little bit deeper than theirs you know he's starting to get a little peach fuzz so people always talk about you know kids looking older and this that and the third but at the end of the day you have a conversation with him it typically doesn't take very long to determine that he's still only 13 unfortunately that's the breakdown people don't always take that time to have the conversation to determine well he's just a kid and that's kind of the scary part of not being aware because like you said, if you're not aware, you could end up gaining that reality in the middle of a police conference confrontation. And that is not typically the time we want to be figuring things out. And I'll follow you up real quick because I know that everyone here isn't, but you know, we are parents like there's three of us parents. Okay. So one of the things that 
gets me, and this this is always a tussle internally, is how do you show the love in the house, but at the same time prepare them for the outside world, prepare them for the lack of love that's out there, because there is a there are people that are loving in the world, but the world itself does not love you. Right. And don't look for the world to love you. Don't look for the world to <laughs> it, it sounds real dark, right? It sounds real dark and dismal. Like, don't look for the world to love you. The world hates you. Like, it's not quite like that. It's more of an indifference than a hate. Like, the world doesn't care. That's that sounds like even worse, doesn't it? The world doesn't yeah, yeah, care yeah. about you. But the you, world you the world does right not now. care <laughs> about you. The world does not care about you. It's, it's no, I understand what you're saying. I think it's more of a I think it's I think it's a part of a another again, it's another let go type of situation. Another one of those, you know, you're just trying to guide them. You keep telling them and I but I think each each person in general, I think has to have their moment when they realize what you're saying. You know, the love I had in this household that came from my parents, mother, brother, sister, whatever, mm. is not out here. <laughs> this, is, this is different out here. <laughs> this here is like, there's some, there's some good folk out here and things like that. And then there's some dangers out here and there's some, but I, I understand what you're saying as far as the, you know, cause that, that goes back to like saying, no one loves you like your family loves you. You know, that's why it's always good to come home type of thing. You know what I mean? That's why you always want to be um, when you get a chance to take a break, if you're in, whether you're in college or whatever the case would be, and you can get back to, you know, especially the core family, if you've been away from home for a while or something like that, it's always good to go back because you know that for the most part, the people there have your good intentions and you don't, you can drop your shield somewhat on that note when you're back at home but uh it's still a learning i think it's still a learning experience individually as you're out there to find out you know how bad that's going to be how rough of a realization that is for you because some people keep an upbeat added through attitude through it man some people just be like look it is what it is i ain't i didn't expect the world to be like this and i ain't you know and have the love that my family had and i ain't stressing it i'm gonna keep going you know right we tend to believe the world is going to treat us the way that our families and and our loved ones have treated us and then we go out there and we experience <clears throat> we experience that and we learn that people come from different <laughs> different those of us with good families by the way yeah <laughs> there are people that you find that there are people that come from bad families you know, you go into the house, you expect dad to slap you upside the head. That was that was that was what was expected. So when you go out into the world and you meet this person and this person seems kind of injurious, it's like, whoa, 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 what's the deal, dude? Well, that's that's where he came, that's how he came up. You know, so we just have to I don't know. How how can you how can you really prepare someone for this world? And what was really gripping me was being the the one that's not a parent here, how would I convey to my son that when you go out there, there's women that's going to try to take advantage of you. They're gonna they're gonna try to take your money. They're gonna try to tell you all the sweet things that whatever they can 
get out of you. They're going to try to suck you dry. How do you tell your daughter, hey, this dude out there that all they want is one thing, and that is to get you to submit to them sexually, obviously, you know, and in and, and any other way. Maybe you know, don't, don't, don't say, fall maybe, victim maybe to this. Just, maybe not just sexually. It could also be financially. Yeah, but that's that's what I'm saying. Not not just sexually, but in 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 all kinds of in all kinds of respects. And, and and it's not a life that you want to live. How do you teach them and warn them about these people? That there's people out there that wants to take advantage of you. And you've got to be aware that this person may just want to take advantage of you. Don't give in. By conversations just like this. Just like that. Yeah. Just like the words that you just said, say them out loud. And if Uh need be, put them seconds on repeat. Uh His reality, the reality is, is that even if you say them, even if you, you know, give the lessons, even if you, you know, put it on a billboard and, and, and make them have, make them draw it and, you know, put it on repeat and put it in front of them 24 hours a day, they still may not listen to your words, right? But you want to give a best effort. You want to give a best effort, say, hey, I gave you the knowledge necessary to, you know, navigate in the world. As a a parent or a person trying to be a parent, you're going to always feel like, man, I could have done this better. I could have done that better. I should have said this. I should have said that. And you're going to always feel that way. All that means is that you care, right? Right. Because <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. I, there was, even as a kid growing up in my mother's house, you would think you, I, 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 I reached a point where I thought I knew everything. There wasn't too much anybody could tell me. I knew it all because Don't I'm 17 all? years old. Right. <laughs> I know everything. That's the condition Back up of being 17. Me. That's a condition of being 17. You right. You know everything. But then when I turned 32, I began to really think, wait a minute. My mother was 34 years old when that terrible hurricane swept through the through the state and almost killed us all. What must, what, have, what must have been going through her mind? You know, are my kids going to be all right? Am I going to make it through this? Who's going to protect them? You know, and, and and I realized, wait a minute, she entered adult life disabled from a car accident that, you know, that was neither her fault. She wasn't with a bunch of other teenagers joyriding. She was in a car with her mother and someone else who was driving the car and they had a car accident. Don't know whose fault it was. Was it the driver? Was it somebody else being stupid? Don't know. All we know is she entered adult life disabled. And so this is what she was faced with. And I look back at what a stupid, dumb, ignorant, arrogant teenager I was. And and now she's gone. I can't call her up and say, hey, mom, I'm sorry. I was an idiot. I didn't know half the things that you were going through. But I finally arrived at that point. And your kids are going to arrive at that point, too. You, they'll arrive at that point where they realize, wow. Dad, that must have been rough. You and mom did. How did y'all bring us through all of that? You know, but living and learning is 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 what it boils down to. You you live, you learn, and you try to make the best decisions, the best, most conscientious, well thought out research decisions that you can, so that you don't ruin your life. Okay, so I'm gonna paraphrase one of my catchphrases. 
teenagers are stupid and they do stupid things. <laughs> and we were all stupid as teenagers. Guess yeah. what? We were stupid after being teenagers. We were stupid in our 20s. Right. And we're slightly less stupid in our 30s. <laughs> slightly. Slightly. I, I, I kind of agree with Tyler Perry that your light bulb goes off at 40. <laughs> you, you become competent around 40, I believe. Yeah, you just start to know a little something. <laughs> it ain't there yet. Fair assessment. I, I kind of think that it's an ongoing awakening as your body begins, as your body gets older, your mind is like, turn I was stupid back then. Like, what was wrong with me? And you're thinking like, that's 17. Like, no, nah, that was three weeks ago. Like, what was wrong with yeah, me? Right, what was wrong with me? <laughs> About the time we finally figure it out, we're going to be... glad I'm not as stupid as I was back here. then. Right. All right. So I've been listening to the conversation, especially this last portion with regards to uh how to approach situations and i've shared my opinion on it but as i was listening to everybody i felt like i had kind of come to a new sort of red pill blue pill type of moment for me in my evolution and my light bulb starting to flicker a little bit more you know we talk about teaching our kids these things and making them aware of these things and you know that has a place but when is too much where does that line kind of stop at where you're you know somebody made the statement of putting it on the walls and putting it in front of them daily and having them repeat it back to or whatever and constantly drilling it in their head you know my light bulb is starting to flicker and I'm stuck on this thing of what you're focused on is what you're going to get. And if you're focused on people perceiving, receiving, seeing and treating you a certain way and it's negative, how much of that is a self-fulfilling prophecy? Hmm. just you know i don't have the answer to it but that's kind of my red pill blue pill do we take the red pill and just kind of stay in that moment of being aware or do you take the blue pill and you're aware but that's it right i think a lot of it comes down to and i'm not saying that this is the right answer or the wrong answer i think a lot of it comes down to communication right Hmm. i feel like people listen more even if they don't, oh, I'm not going to say obey, but I feel like people hear you more if they know that you care, right? Like, it's a difference between like a boss saying, I want you to work four more hours because we, you know, we're behind. It's like, okay, that's nice for you. I don't care that you're behind. <laughs> <laughs> right like what is my motivation mm-hmm. money no <laughs> exactly now i can i can definitely relate to that as a boss man and i've recently had this conversation with my boss 
And I'm pretty sure I've expressed that to you, telling people, no, you can't do this. Do it like this. Apparently, it's how I come across. I've got to come across in a in a more placating way, like, you know what? You know what you can do to make that better if you try this approach? Why don't you, why don't you give it a try? Just give it a try and see if that works for you. Rather than being the dictator saying, no, don't do that. Do this. And you'll get more production out of people. So let me give you a, a different example. Like I've been in the customer service world for a while, right? A lot of times when people have a problem, you can come at them with a solution. And it can be the right solution. But because of the way that you approach them, they see it as them being attacked and they put up their defenses. Right. Like, like, let's say they made a mistake and they need to correct it. That happened, right? They made a mistake and they need to correct it. Well, if you come at them like, this is what you did and this is what you need to do to fix it. They'll put up their defenses and be like, you know, and they will try to block or try to push away. Whereas an alternate form of communication would be like, okay, I want us to come to the resolution of this and we can fix this together. Even though, you know, like they may be the original cause, we can fix this together. So what you're trying to do is communicate that you're in the fight with them. And I feel like that is very important when you, when, especially when you try to talk to young people, because, okay. So right now in 2021, Young people are very self-centered. You can say that's due to parenting or society or social media or internet. Pick one. Pick them all. Friends. Pick pick all of them. But that's true. They're very self-centered. So a lot of times in order to get across to them, you have to show that you care about them. Will that always... I'm not going to say that that will always give you the results you want, but a lot of times that will give you an opening that you may not have otherwise had. Fair. But for right now, let's take a small break so we can have a word from our sponsors and we'll be right back with the conversation as it continues. And we are back with the men in confidence. We're going to resume our topic where we're talking about red pill, blue pill, and we swayed into parenting somehow. (laughs) (laughs) But I actually think it was a good conversation. It was really worth having. But let's try to get back on topic. Let's talk about what do you see as far as similarities between the red pill community now and feminists. Okay, so I'm going to jumpstart the conversation because in our uh, pre-show warm-up, we were talking about this a little bit. And to me, I see the parallels in the two in that you have these two groups, feminists and 
red pill movement men who feel like they have been for better of a for lack of a better term slighted by society and because they feel slighted by society they do what most uh marginalized people do form a group of like-minded people and have kind of cultivated a movement i personally feel kind of like there's some truth to what you're saying on both sides feminism and the men's rights movement but i'm looking at my friend brian here and reminded that even the devil tells the truth a little bit so you know you have to be careful with the truth that these groups are telling you bottom line for me it's a matter of coming down it's a matter of doing research sorting through the noise and figuring out what's really at the root of it and for me the red pill men thing feels like these are men who have been disappointed on some means and because of that it left a bad taste in their mouth and they're kind of I don't want to say pouting but they're unhappy because they caught a bad break you know I can kind of see that but also I I I, since Since realizing that that position even existed, I realized that I've always kind of leaned on that position anyway. Because we all know the stereotype, black men are terrible fathers. All right. That's not true across the board. Because it's not true at all. Right. Well, there are some I mean fathers, well, regardless of race, there are some terrible fathers out there. Statistically, some of them the still in the home. I was going to say, but, yes, statistically, <clears throat> black men are the better fathers. But, but anyway, but my point is, my point is, um, those who hate us basically because of the color of our skin will say that we're the worst. And they will put that information out there like this is absolute truth and it's statistically proven and it's not. Um, but my point is, um, these men, they've had experiences where they're trying to do what's right and they're still getting the short end of the stick. And that's despite the proof of, of the other side, the parent being um, the, the mother being negligent and, uh, and, and unfit. These men are still seeing the short end of the stick. And I've, I've, I've seen personally this, um, vindicativeness and how how a man can be perceived regardless of whether or not he's trying to do the be- the be- the good the right thing or not. If he's not gonna try to do the right thing, that's one thing. But if he's doing his best to do the right thing and be the person that he needs to be towards his family and towards his children, he still systemically is gonna. Is gonna be um, voted against. He's still gonna be um, shafted, as it were. And 
I've seen that. I've <laughs> so I, I saw the Red Pill um, documentary, and the one guy was talking about how if I can remember correctly, he was talking about his situation, and he said, "I would not tell the cop that I've been um, that she hit me because." If he isn't gonna believe that she hit me, that she assaulted me, she's definitely not gonna believe that I was sexually assaulted. And I've been on that spectrum before. Um, I was a young Marine, I had a female staff sergeant and um, we were having a conversation about um, this particular subject, this problem that we were working on. And she basically left me with, all right, Marine, get this done. And she slapped me on the butt and runs off. And I just stood there. And I'm weighing the odds of, should I do anything about this or should I not? Because we all know a female in that situation, most females are going to go and they're going to, they're going to push it. I've, I've seen that. They're going to push it. They're going to, they're going to um, take it as far as they can go to get that male dealt with. And I just thought about myself, should I say anything? And I looked around at the other um, um, Marines in my office who are all men and they all kind of averted their eyes. Like, uh, I didn't see nothing, but I'm like, no, that just happened. Did that just happen? You saw that, right? In the end, I made the decision to just not worry about it, to just drop it. Because I was gonna experience two sides of that thing. Number one, I was going to experience. So what's the problem? She just slapped you in the butt. You know, suck it up, Marine. <laughs> Adjust, adapt, and overcome, you know, as, as we were told. And then there's the other side of that where um, other men would be like, man, don't be, stop, stop being a punk. Stop being a chump. You know, and it's like, no, you don't understand. I'm not being a chump. I'm not being a punk. This woman did something to me that was totally disrespectful. And if the roles were switched, you know, I would lose rank, I would lose pay, and they would be close to kicking me out of the Marine Corps. Let's be real. At that point at, in my career in the Marine Corps, um, hazing was off the table. Our, our, our uh, commanding general, uh, Commandant of the Marine Corps at the time, General Krulak, has said no more hazing. And the Marine Corps response was, well, can't we haze a little? And General Kulak's response was, if there's any hazing, there will be consequences. And so, okay, okay, fine, fine. No hazing, no hazing. I had to ask. Right. So, um, I mean, you know, and, and, it's, and it's just a guy thing. You know, it's, it's, it's a guy thing, even though there's females in the Marine Corps too, and females did their own form of hazing. But, you know, it, it was just a thing, you know. Um, we, had, um, we had some guys... Um, haze another guy <laughs> and I saw the response from that hazing because the guy didn't appreciate it he wanted it to stop and they pushed it and it ceased to be hazing and lighthearted fun between a bunch of guys and it and, and it became something disrespectful and demeaning and demoralizing and he took it up the chain of command like you're supposed to and I remember 
um, my male staff sergeant making fun of this guy saying, sir, they touched my butt. And at the time, I kind of laughed because it was kind of funny. But then I think about it. I'm like, wait a minute. This guy was assaulted. He was assaulted. He was treated in a way that he didn't like and he wanted them to stop and they wouldn't stop. And they embarrassed him and then they assaulted him. And nobody cared about his feelings to the point that they would even make fun of him. And this is what we as men face. We're, if we don't take a little, a little what considered light hazing, we'll look at as, um, as weak somehow. Somehow we're the problem. And it would be the same as victim blaming. It'd be the same as if a woman gets raped, well, what were you wearing? It doesn't matter. That didn't allow the guy access to her body. We don't shame the victim. But if it's a man, uh, just just toughen up, dude. And, and I, unless somebody else comes back to this, I'm I'm gonna leave it right there. <laughs> okay, so I just want to, first of all, Bravo, number one. Like you hit a lot of points that needed to be said. Number two, I just wanted to give a little bit of definition like there's a term that is called red pill rage like it's not official or anything but this is something that's floating out there it's basically when a person shall I say their their blue pill gets shattered and then they're when something doesn't go the way that that they expected it to or when they are brought into reality instead of their fantasy world they are angry whether that be at other men or whether that be at women or whether that be at whoever wronged them or whether that be at the world as a whole for a period they are angry as well they should be because they have basically they're basically be like so this is reality like this is this is what's real why didn't someone tell me about you see what I'm saying like why didn't someone tell me that this is reality I could have prepared for this right that, right that's basically the feeling that happens a lot like I could have prepared if if you told me that people would treat me like this I could prepare it been ready but instead I got bust upside the head and now I'm bleeding you know what I'm right right but I, I like the comments that, that Rhino made as far as how a lot of male issues are devalued, like as far as when when we're not when we're treated with disrespect, uh, especially when it comes to our bodies, when it comes to you know physical violation. Right. Um. I about to say, I'll, I'll let you, just like you say, you leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> but I just want to give some perspective on the whole red pill race thing because I feel like you have this red pill community, and a lot of times what will happen is people will say, "Oh, you're hurt, you hurt, oh you're hurt you're hurt you're hurt." Well, well, probably so. Like they they probably did get a little bit of damage to get red pill like. I'll even take it back to the movie, The Matrix. Like, Neo, when he woke up, he had to have wires and stuff 
pulled out of him in order to wake up. That was part of the process, right? Like, right. I'm pretty sure that mm-hmm. didn't feel good. <laughs> <laughs> right. That was just part of what is reality. Reality may not feel good, but at least it's real and you can see it and you know what's in front of you, right? Right. Right. So you you end up like, would you rather be and this is almost taking it back to, you know, a couple, you know, the, the previous episode. Would you rather just be blissfully ignorant and not know what's out there? Or would you rather go through a little bit of pain or maybe even a lot of pain and know what's really out there? I, I choose reality and pain because I feel like reality is going to come one way or another. Whether you whether you get it today, tomorrow, or you know, forty years from now, reality right. is coming. Yeah, it's coming. Right. Yeah. You can't yeah. duck it. <laughs> you can't duck reality. It's eventually, be- though, eventually the whole matrix system fails, and you 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 just go from bliss free there to what is this? What just happened? What's going on? Ah! <laughs> Game over. Press start. Right. <laughs> so, um. <clears throat> I I heard everything Rhino had to say and I wrestled with some internal conflict about the situation because on the one hand I kind of am of that old school mentality dude suck it up but I understand the point that it's not right and you shouldn't be subject to people just treating you any old kind of way and doing any old kind of thing to you so you do have a you round to stand up for yourself and speak out against things when you feel you've been wronged absolutely makes sense hmm. i think for me this circles back to the first half of our conversation with regard to <clears throat> taking calculated risk and by that i mean the risk is how you're going to be received once you say something and determine, okay, if I speak out about this, is this really worth it? Is it worth me running this up the chain of command and telling people, Hey, uh, staff sergeant so-and-so just smacked me on the butt and it made me feel uncomfortable. Is it worth all the backlash and the, chitter chatter going on once that process starts and i think about this from the perspective of being a former marine myself and though i didn't have anybody necessarily assault me you know i do know what it's like to be in that situation where the people you work with look at you a little differently and think a little bit less of you based on a circumstance now for me it was more of a physical circumstance and you know i was not able to medically continue my Marine Corps career and ended up being discharged a little bit early. But during that process, there were times where I would have to go to like the hot, the doctor more or less to keep it in civilian terms. And there was always, Oh, you just the old limp so-and-so and you're just the weakling and you're not built for this and not this kind of stuff. And I'm thinking to myself, I could show you better than I could tell you how weak I am. 
but that's only going to make the situation worse. Right. Standing down and saying nothing leaves the situation unchecked. So at times I would have to make my voice heard, make my presence known to people like, I, I hear you. And anytime you feel the need to want to really see how weak I am, we can do this. And I'm fully prepared to take on whatever consequence comes with that. Are you? And more times than not, when confronted with that decision, okay, there's a little bit more fire there than I thought. I'm going to stand down. Right. But, right. you know, that's man to man. When it comes to a situation involving the opposite sex, my actions would have been deemed as hyper aggressive, angry black man, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it. And I know I would have had to at least think about how to respond. Am I going to still be as confrontational and outwardly challenge somebody or? Is this a big deal? Because I'm out of here in like six weeks. Right. Yeah, got to pick and choose your battles. Exactly. Definitely, yeah, that. So let, let me jump in because like you you both mentioned things that I think like we're talking about it from a male point of view, but I also think that it perfectly explains like if you flip the sex in it it makes perfect sense why a lot of female victims or you know rape victims you know female victims that have been assaulted why they don't come forward immediately like right you can totally understand why some of them may sit on it because you have to question whether it's worth the backlash you're going to get by trying to ruffle the feathers of someone else or trying, you know, what ridicule are you going to get? What shame are you going to get? What backlash are you going to get? Is this going to work in your favor or do you have any proof? When you come forward, will you have support? Like all of those things are running through your mind and it might just be like, you know what? I might just have to eat that L and go about with my life and not tell anybody about it, right? <laughs> and that's, yeah. that's sad on both ends. Like, whether you're a male or a female, that's terrible. Right. And it's like to the point where I, I feel like a person should not have to make that choice. Like, if you've been wrong, you should be able to come forward and speak on it and let justice prevail. And I'm trying not to drift off topic with it. The the only the only issue with that is that there, there's so much there's so many people that are not going to believe you. There's so many people that are going to ridicule you when you do it. Like I, I don't I don't know if I have a <laughs> have a place where I'm going with this, but it, it's like there's so much there's so many reasons why to not there's way more reasons to not say anything than there are to say something. Right. right. And and here's the flip side because and I'm trying not to name names because I'm I'm thinking of a few people in particular. 
but you like let's say this this happened to you and you were like man it's not even on a personal level it's not worth the risk of me coming forward you know my the damage it could do to my life is much worse than the damage it may do to that person's life even if they are you know if they found that that person did what they what they did right but then this person that wronged you is now all of a sudden getting promoted or getting moved up the ladder and now they're going to have access to even more people you see what i'm saying right mm-hmm. exactly and then yeah. you'd be like okay maybe i was wrong maybe i shouldn't have sat on this maybe now it's not even about me maybe it's about all these people that this person has access to now i got to speak on it and it makes and and this without me talking about gender, gender even male or female now it makes you look like oh so you just waited until it was opportune you just wait till they had had a little bit of bag you just wait till they had a little bit of money now nah, i was trying to weigh the pros and cons mm-hmm. about coming forward and it it looks it looks bad and it's a shame i don't have a solution i don't i don't have a an idea of how to correct the situation but i think that it needs to be addressed and needs to be brought to light that it's a shame that people that are the victims are the ones that a lot of times have to eat it you know mm-hmm. I, right I it really is <clears throat> no. I, I i could only hope that whatever victims there are out there have the have the strength and 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 would, would get the courage to speak out because I know for myself, I had a situation years ago where um, I was conflicted on whether or not I should call the cops on this guy. But uh, one of my customers told me, no, you need to call the police. You need to call them right now. And that's what I did. So I was delivering newspapers. And here's a guy on, on across the street waving his gun at me. And I'm like, okay. And so I, I, that was the longest walk to my car from this person's porch back to my car, getting my car calmly started up and drive off. When I got around the corner, I'm like, well, what should I do? And I was giving the paper to my next customer and, she, and I told her about the situation. And she was like, no, you need to call the police right now. And so I, I went ahead and I was like, you know what? What if he does it to someone else, but he actually kills them instead? Because I was delivering in meth central. And so I made the call and the cops went and talked to the guy and he didn't even know, he didn't even have to know it was me. I just looked up to the police. They dealt with it. And I was kind of proud of myself because I spoke up and if there are any victims out there of, of any kind of abuse, be you male or female, if you don't speak up, this person, this abuser is going to move on to someone else. They definitely will abuse again. And there needs to be a record so that when they're reported the next time, oh, hey, he's been doing this for a long time. She's been doing this for years. We finally got enough um, evidence to deal with the situation and permanently stop this person. You should, I encourage you to speak up. And if you're female and you're listening to this and you think for some reason that we're against females and that we hate feminists, we don't. 
we absolutely love women. We want you to, um, we want you to have equality. We want you to make as much as we do for, you know, a fair day's work. We want you to have that. What we don't want is to be demonized just because we're men. That's what we don't want. But we do want you to be safe. We do want you to be protected and, and, and have the life that you want. But if equality is what feminism is for, then let's be equal. Let's, let's work on the same playing field. I have no problems making less than a woman. <laughs> Not at all. As long as I'm making my due, but <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. Okay, so first of all, I want to say thank you to Rhino because I was just about to try to redirect the traffic back to what the topic was. That was you, too, yeah. And you kind of did that. Okay, so mm -hmm. let's talk about the whole men versus women thing. I don't even know what question to ask because I'm like, why is there a men versus women? Like, and that's the question. <laughs> that's he, it. Okay. He, he, here's why. Why answer. do we have to be embroiled in this battle? Why? Here's an answer. The two sexes are viewed differently. And just from a physiological standpoint, there are differences on both sides. You know, I, being the simple-minded man that I am, kind of look at things from the perspective of physically, we're probably stronger. Mentally, they're stronger. And because of those differences, there are going to be issues because the problem I really feel at the root of all of this is about communication and being able to work in tandem. The strong ones want to get credit for being smart as well. The smart ones want to get credit for being strong as well. And instead of being able to accentuate the other person's talents while being comfortable with their own, there's going to be friction. Interesting. So I'm going to jump in and piggyback off of something because I keep hearing like some of the same, you know, repetitive, the, the same thing we're talking about. So we're, we're on the, like the red pill, blue pill, we're still on that. And we're still talking about it as it relates to, you know, men and women, feminism, maleism, those kind of things. So, and as Tony asked the question, like, why is there even a debate? You know, Terrence keeps saying perspective. And to me, when we talk about this red pill, red pill, blue pill, that's the whole thing is the perspective, which perspective are we, you know, are you looking from, which perspective, which lens you, are you trying to look at it from this level or from this level, you see what I'm saying? Do you want to just be ignorant to it or do you want to be in the know, try to be as true and find out as much information as you can and also just take it from a different perspective. And that would be what the thing is when we're talking male and female, you're talking, taking it from a different perspective 
we are males. We take it from, we know our perspective. Our perspective is easy. As a black male, I know a perspective. I even have a deeper perspective as a black male. So then there's the female perspective. So you have those two shifts on, you know, if I'm sure I can, a lot of the feminist views, a lot of some of the stuff that they want, you know, like Rhino saying equal pay, things like that, we can understand. We can understand their perspective. Um, as we discuss, and I think I'd be remiss, and I'm going to get my my uh, editor here when we get ready to uh, edit these or whatever, I might give my editor fits because I'm going to actually say we're, we're, we are alliterating to um, a documentary named The Red Pill by the documentarist Cassie J, who basically had her perspective changed while when she, you know, figured out the men's, that there was a men's group, you know, that was basically like for men, meminists, I guess you just say it is. I don't know what the term frame was, <laughs> but it was basically, it was menism. basically like, um, <laughs> yeah, men, menism, I guess, <laughs> not just feminism, fe feminism, meninism. I don't, I don't know. But Manism. when she, when she realized that, that number one, there was a movement and number two, that that movement had some valid points because some valid things had happened to, you know, to folks. Here's my, one of my answers from a standpoint. One was perspective or was why a debate exists, having to understand each other's perspectives, having to communicate what those are across those boards, you know, and moderation. My other thing on moderation is too much of, of anything is not a good thing. So to have a whole, you know, you're talking about feminist movement all the way for feminism, only feminism all the time and everything like that is gonna mess up some people that, there are feminists or women that are within that movement and they, they understand the points and they still don't want everything that the feminists actually want. You know what I mean? They, right. they like it and they want it represented, but they don't, that doesn't mean, like it messes them up. Like if it's like, it's too much of it. If you get into too much of it, when it comes down to, yes, they wanted equal pay and they wanted the ability to go and get a job and things like that. Do they want it to descend into, they now have to, do they want men to change our perspective? They didn't necessarily want us to change our perspective and say, okay, you want to be the breadwinner and whatnot, you be the breadwinner. Matter of fact, you have to work. You don't get to sit at home uh, doing laundry, raising the kids, cooking and whatnot. Those are not considered to be a job now. I'm not going to consider that to be something that you are doing without you having a job. You wanted to be equal. You wanted to be to, to, to match up. You better go get a job as well. They don't want us to take it that far because if, if we have a job that is able to take care of a lot of our women. If, if you have, you take the average guy out here, we just normally don't have it. But if if we can get to a point, we can make enough money, we tell our woman to sit at home, that's what they want to do. They're going to sit at home. They're going to consider doing the laundry and things like that. A lot of them, a lot of them, a lot of them want the option to be able to do it. They wouldn't want to be forced to have to get a job based on the feminists pushing it that far. That's what I'm saying. Everything in moderation. Same thing with the menism. There's, there's things in that that is like, you know, we don't want to go that far with it. I think it's moderation. I think it's communication. Talk amongst the platforms and the forums and you can get it ironed out. And that's my that's my take on that. 
I like your point, Sean. I really do. <clears throat> Especially the idea of um, a, a lot of a lot of what feminism that I hear, and 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 I know there are some um, subtler points. There are women out there that are feminists, and they just want equality, just just like just like anybody. But then there's another part of feminism that's just so extreme and so far beyond that that it's like no we want to we want to burn down everything that is male <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. no you can't do that yeah that's, that's you're gonna going ruin, too far you're gonna ruin the ride for everybody right right and if um i'm sorry if you don't mind i just want to interject go you ahead can, you continue if you want to i just want to like lay down kind of a definition or an idea of what feminism is because i feel like feminism is a term that means different things to different people depending depending on who's saying it and depending on who's hearing it it means entirely different things and i'll give you an example in modern terms black lives matter you can believe that black lives matter and not support the group black lives matter right right just like you can believe in female equality and quote unquote not buy into feminism. Feminism. Right. Feminism at its root is based on equal opportunity or equality right. for women as with men. Like they want the same opportunities or the same abilities that men have. They don't want to be at a disadvantage. That's understandable. That's 14th Amendment. You know, that's that's mm. law, right? Well, that uh, j- just because something on paper don't mean that it's happening. But anyway, <laughs> right. that's, that's what the law says. <laughs> that, that's ideal. <laughs> True. You have legal backing to refute that in court when you're not getting your opportunity. But a lot of what feminism is believed to be, or some people believe to be today, is it's not about equality it's about getting the victory like it's more about the win like we want and i'm speaking to this i'm i'm trying to say this from a from um some modern feminist point of view we want all the pluses of being a man but we want to keep all the pluses of being a woman too Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you can't really do that (laughs) Like I'm not, I'm not saying that you can't try. I just don't, I just don't believe that it's going to happen. Like you can't. You can't kill chivalry and then expect it to still be there, right? You can't. Right. You can't complain about the patriarchy and still expect the rules of the patriarchy to apply. Like you can't do both. Like you can't like you you can't turn the machine off but still expect it to print print something for you every other day. You know <laughs> I've right. talked right. about this. I've talked about this before too. But I I'm sorry, I didn't mean to go off on a tangent. But I, I wanted to just lay the ground rule of what feminism is because what is looked at as feminism in twenty twenty one is not necessarily what feminism was ever designed to be. And right. I'll leave it, I'll shoot, forget, since I'm on the tangent, I'll leave it, 
I'll go down that tangent hole. It, especially when it comes to sisters of color, like feminism was never designed for them in the first place. Thank you. Yeah. I, I, I've been <laughs> waiting for an opportunity to jump in with that <laughs> one because gosh, no. Like, yeah. I, I've been trying yeah. not to throw that hook. Yeah, but yeah. You, <laughs> I've been trying to keep that, that right. fist in my nope. pocket. Right. No, sir. That, Feminism was never designed right. for them in the first place. Ticking time mm-hmm. bomb because over here wanted to explode on that one. As a whole, and this is this is what's so funny about it. As a whole, like before 1970 or so, as a whole, even with all the disadvantages that black people had, we had a better home life than most white people. Our families were together more. Like our marriages, our marriages worked, our kids were were educated. Like every they may not have all got degrees or climbed the social ladder, but there was a certain the kids were respectful, they were educated they had manners and families were tighter they were more of a unit you could you would see your grandmother and your grandfather and you would live with your father and your mother and you would know your siblings and there were some outliers there were some I'm related to some. There were some people that had, you know, 20, 30 <laughs> had of kids. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm mm-hmm. not going to say that ain't happened, but, you know, they were more the exception than the rule. Right. <laughs> but I, I, I think I'll leave it at that. But, but femi- feminism never really worked for the Black woman because they never had the disadvantages. I'm, well, I won't say that. It the wasn't the same fight. It wasn't the same fight. And I think what bothers me about it is, is that when a lot of the white women got some of the things that they wanted from feminism, they didn't help the black women fight their battles. The messaging for the two groups was completely different. I personally believe that feminism is the root cause of that whole strong, independent black woman don't need a man because that's by some definition feminism at its core Mm -hmm. meanwhile you got white women in feminism who have received a ton of equal opportunity benefits and one of the things that stood out to me in that documentary we watched was when feminism was being challenged and you know the points that we're making now about being equal and uh, well wait a minute someone asked the question well why don't we just take affirmative action off the table and it's like they balked at it affirmative action was not necessarily meant with you in mind as the minority but they have adopted that mantra and taken up that uh flag and no that's no we can't do that and my sisters is like well wait a minute now y'all got all of this out of the deal and we still like being treated as second class citizens over here hold on a minute so (laughs) yeah that feminism thing is a very tricky sword and it's got some sharp edges to walk 
especially when it comes down to who benefited from it and who doesn't, not just in terms of taking down the patriarchy, but also who's benefiting from it. All right. I've been trying to hold my punches. But Tansler may be brave. So let's, <laughs> let's, let's talk about some stuff. Let's go. Let's do it. Uh-oh. Okay, so feminism and the concept of feminism, there's nothing wrong with it. Nope. The way that it's being if I don't even think there's a a, a uh, organization like one organization that's in charge of it but the just the flow of the culture it bothers me because I feel like they leave black people and particularly black women out of it yep. and when it was when it was so important for the black woman vote to get the victories that they wanted they left them out to dry so when the 70s and 80s came and you have single black women, where was the feminist movement to help them with anything? Where was the feminist movement to help them with, you know, the fatherless homes or or, or even better? Like, okay, forget that. Let's Let's say that's the man's fault. That's the man's fault. Okay, forget this. Where was, the femi- where was the feminist movement to help them with the kids that didn't have fathers? Where was the feminist movement to help them with the kids that were strung out on drugs and getting, getting, you know, getting put in jail for, you know, life sentences for carrying two ounces or something or three ounces or something, you know, and it burns me. <laughs> It, I'll say that it vexes me. <laughs> Another one about buzzwords, but it vexes me that they will use you when they need you, and then when you're not a value to them, they toss you away. And it, I forget it. I'm already off the rail. Okay. <laughs> let's go let's go it reminds me of the three-fifths compromise like okay so we're not human beings to you but when it's advantageous for you to have numbers oh all of a sudden now we're three-fifths of a person right <laughs> we we get to counter the vote but we don't get to vote <laughs> what? No. We, yeah. we, we get to carry value for you but we don't get to make any choices in it. We don't get to benefit from it, but we get to be valuable for you. You see what I'm saying? Like, oh, I don't that idea makes me want to throw puppies in the wood chippers. <laughs> I'm three, I'm three-fifths of a person because of my skin color. Are you serious right now? Okay. That got <laughs> gruesome and graphic. <laughs> It, it, it proves a point, though. I understand his point. Only I get it. Look dude. at the mindset that would look at a person and say, "Yeah, you're not a whole person. You're, you're not a whole you're person. Three you're like three that's Only more scrappy, dude. Puppy. I never liked that's scrappy. more. That's more disgusting than throwing a puppy in a wood chipper. Is that your mind power. is of such that you can look at a person and say, "Yeah, you're not a whole person." So okay, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm 
guilty of having ramped this thing up. So let me try and tamper this down a little bit and say this. Oh, yeah, it's Captain Fire. It, it is completely <laughs> blowing up right now. I love it, but I'm, I'm trying to kind of not get people to start turning out. We need people, we want people to keep listening. So I'm going to say this. At the end of the day, I feel like these two movements, the red pill, men's right movement, and feminism are two sides of the same coin. They are both groups who are looking to feel, or not looking to feel, who are feeling oppressed in some nature and are lobbying for their oppression. When at the end of the day, it's really kind of a drop in the bucket. Like as a black man, I'm looking at feminists and men's rights movements and like y'all really arguing over who's more oppressed even if i'm three-fifths of a person in my three-fifths of a being i'm still winning that race by a landslide Mm -hmm. so i get it i understand I also understand that a lot of this boils down to things that we've already talked on communication, um, perspective, being able to empathize and relate. You want fairness. One of the things that um, was also mentioned with regards to being red pilled was the notion that we talked about abuse and, you know, things happening and the disparity between resources for abused women versus resources available for abused men feminists you want to be fair how about we cut some of them uh resources that are available to you to make it a little bit more level playing field that feeds right into what the men are saying and i understand that statistically the numbers show that men are more aggressive but as times have progressed those numbers i think have probably started to balance out or at least level off to a point to where it's not as skewed as it once was and for that reason alone the system needs to be revisited oh wait that means you have to have a conversation communicate again it all comes full circle so red pill feminism whatever you want to call your group talk about it Get on a podcast. We'll invite anybody who wants to come chat with us. You're welcome here. We got a mic for you. So um, let's do it. But I, I'm kind of over the, well, my group's right. Your group's wrong. My group's right. Your group's wrong. And the back and forth, it, it, it doesn't accomplish anything. And we need to start looking to try and find more resolution versus revolution i mean you want change that comes from a revolution but if there's no resolution or solution at the end of this then what was the point in getting all worked up and leading the charge where are you going i like it i like it Ooh, mic drop But actually, I'd like that as a place to end it. I think what what happens a lot is, I'll bring it back to sports. 
that it, it reminds me of Kobe versus Shaq when they were on the Lakers. Like, y'all do realize y'all on the same team, right? You know, like, right. If Shaq wins, Kobe wins too. And if Kobe wins, win. Shaq wins too. Well, I want to be the best. Well, I want to be the best. Like, this is a team sport. <laughs> you can be the best center you can still be the best small forward and as long as we're the we best together we're going to win two grown men on professional teams playing like the word team has I in it <laughs> we learned that in high school there is no I in team <laughs> Yeah, but we also figured out that there's a me. <laughs> <laughs> but and, on that note, I think it's time. Now it's time to say goodbye. Mm-hmm. No, I, 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 yeah, I can't afford to pay for that. Yeah, <laughs> I was about to say. Yeah, dude, I swear, don't copyright that. Don't do that. Them uh, ears uh, cost don't get, money. Don't get copyrighted for that. Look, I. Thinking back, I was like, you know what? I I like to close the show out a certain way, but after this last one, I might have to revamp that just for sake of not stepping on any toes. Mr. Simmons, I respect you. That's why I was quoting you. That's all it was, brother. Shout out. Admiration. Oh, I don't want want the mouse house to send the rock and and Kevin Hart after me. You know, (laughs) look, I am no street prophet. I do not want the smoke. It is not that serious. (laughs) Anyway, fellas, I think we've had a very good conversation today. Indeed. And I'm not sure what our next topic will be. We may one day come back and revisit this because this is a very good discussion and we may want to bring it up again but we'll see i got it next conversation gas versus charcoal grills i'm just throwing that out that don't have to be (laughs) (laughs) don't you start that with me (laughs) that's that's gonna really bring the smoke Uh, exactly but i'm bumped anyway (laughs) fellas unless y'all have anything else to say we're going to wrap it up and we're going to toss to Terrence for the closing. Okay. So closing 2.0. Thank y'all for listening. God bless you. We out of here. Peace. Peace. Deuces. <laughs>